Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. All right, my guest today on the A-Game podcast is Jesus Toledo. He is a marketing genius. He comes from an engineering background, and he is a data guy. And as you guys have probably heard me say a lot now in this episode and just in this podcast in general, I have become a data know. The data tells the entire tale. So he talks about his real estate business, and he talks about his business, 8020 REI, where he takes the principles that everybody knows from Tim Ferriss about the 80-20 principle for getting results, the 80% of your results come from 20% of your efforts. And we talk about how to maximize your efforts. And I think that that's obviously timely, but who doesn't want to make more money with less effort and less mistakes and less time? Everybody does, but how do you actually go out and do that? And I feel like that's where he's taken his engineering background and his marketing and really figured out how to take a scientific approach to figuring out how to have more success. So we talk all about his three core strategies that he works with from tactics to data, to the actual strategies for lead generation. We talk about mistakes, conversions, some of the simple things you can do, some of the best lists to pick, how to track those things, what to track, what lists are important, why the data matters, what type of data is good data, what type of data is bad data, where you can find that data, what you should do starting out. If you already have a business, if you're looking for three deals a month, if you're at three and you want to go to 10, if you're looking for a CRM to have all that stuff, how to find VAs. So real estate investors of all shapes and sizes and business owners, this is a great episode for you. Go to the show notes, the way we get these amazing guests to keep coming on and to be able to connect with him if you're interested in having him help you with your marketing, your lead generation, or your CRM, or any of the above. Definitely connect with him. You'll see the website and everything in the show notes. And while you're there, please check us out as well. The way we keep getting great guests like Jesus on here is to have a podcast that people see, they like, and that the guests feel like they're leaving an impact on you guys as the audience. So I feel like you did a great job there. So the way we keep this role will go by... Another 300 episodes or so, hopefully more, is by you guys just subscribing. So nicknick.com slash links, L-I-N-K-S. Please just follow us, subscribe. It takes two seconds. If you have another minute or two, give us a five-star review. I know you hear it from every podcaster, but it really does make a massive difference in the algorithm. Then it starts to suggest to other people, and that's where things really start to become fun. Also, while you're there, please follow us on social media, nicknick.com slash links, L-I-N-K-S. YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, you name it, we're on all of it, and we will be releasing clips from this episode, and it really, really helps when you just like it, share it, comment on it, tag somebody in who you think might benefit from it. If you're not already seeing us pop up in your feed, please go to nicknick.com slash links and just click on a couple of our things, like something here or there, and it'll start to activate it. I'll pop up on yours, you'll pop up on mine, and we can start to help each other grow and get a little bit more reach out there. Also, this whole thing is really about real estate. It's about doing deals together. So if you would like an active or a passive side on any means from buying properties to selling properties to partnering with me on some level, text me directly 516-540-5733. Text the words real estate and I will have a conversation with you about how we can work together or just DM us the words real estate on any social media platform and my assistant will look at it. Instagram is probably the easiest to get us on, um, but if they see that word real estate in there, they'll know to take a look and we can talk about how we can make money together. Last but certainly not least, if you go to nicknicknick.com slash biggerpockets, there's a free checklist for more ways to bring value to your buyers as a real estate agent, broker, or wholesaler. So definitely check that out. Check out Jesus, um, the, the text message line, the app shut down. I missed some stuff. So I'm going to be replying to everybody and the bigger pockets link, nicknick.com slash bigger pockets. That did get a little bit overrun as well. So that got a little bit of a glitch, but that should be fixed now as well. So jump on there. Let us know. Connect with me. Let's do some real estate. Follow Jesus. Have a great day, everybody. The A-Game Podcast. Thank you. All right. My guest today is an engineer and marketer turned a full-time real estate investor and entrepreneur. He is fighting out of Florida and is the co-founder of 8020REI and runs iBuySouthFlorida.com. He's an investor in the 8020 CRM and he himself participates as a real estate investor as well, specializing in cash flow and acquiring assets for himself and others through his proven recipe of data, 
tactics, and strategy that he's combined with an experience of over 1.5 billion calls and messages all put together to help create data solutions for real estate investors, allowing us, them, and you to close on more deals while spending less money. He now has dedicated time to helping us learn how to do that and actually implement that for us through his 80-20 principles. He is our guest today. Please welcome to the A-Game Podcast, my fellow MMA and UFC enthusiast, Jesus Toledo. Welcome, sir. sir. Thank you for being here. It's really excited to meet you. Hey, thank you so much for the intro, man. I appreciate being here. Looking forward to having this great conversation with you, man. Dude, I've heard you on a bunch of podcasts. I've been looking at your stuff. And uh, we were talking a little bit earlier before we started recording that it was timely because you're, I feel like sometimes the the guest comes on at just the right time that you're looking for that thing in your life or your business. And you've kind of checked that box. But for people who maybe are not 100% familiar with you yet, can you give a 30,000 foot view of who you are and where you came from? No, absolutely, man. I'm, I'm, I'm an engineer by trade. I study engineer. I never graduated, by the way. But uh, I studied deep engineer. And came to the United States about 11 years ago and started doing different things until I became a, I came across the real estate world and I fell in love with it. Like all the opportunities that were out there, I reread, reached that, we uh, reached that for that and went all in, we went wholesaling all in 2017. And with my background in engineering, I always wanted to do things a little bit different than everybody else was doing. So we started really deep diving in the data and the outbound marketing channels and try to figure out ways to reach out to people that maybe others are not getting a hold of. And we really got deep into data and getting really granular on how to approach it. And one day, I don't know if you're familiar with Gary Harper. Are you familiar with yeah, him? Yeah. He, he was our business coach. I think it was late 2018. He came to a business and he said, guys, you're doing great in the real estate operation. Like you, you guys are good. You're going on the right direction. But what you do with the data and the lead generation side, I've never seen anybody do anything like that. You should offer us a service. He was the actually, he and Susan were actually the ones that pushed us to start offering and going, pivoting a little bit. Uh, we still invest, but, but creating a different business to help other investors with the lead generation side and, and getting better ROI in their business. That's really cool. You don't get a bigger promoter right there than Gary Harper, man. That guy has so much clout. If he's saying that, that's a huge win, right? That's a major notch in your belt, man. That's awesome. Yeah, stuff, we, we've been very fortunate. We work with him and, and he pushed us. And he now still coaches us on both businesses. And he's always, I always give him all the credit because he was the one who actually pushed. Me. I didn't know, man, let's keep it to ourselves. We're just going to continue fast. You know, you have a big opportunity this role. Go here. Trust me, the market needs you. That's awesome, man. So pivoting to kind of the course here, I see like data tactics and strategy are what makes up a little bit of your recipe. And obviously there's a million different little pieces within that that I'm sure we can dive into. But starting with the data, let's dive into that a little bit. So what is data and why is it important? Because I think sometimes back to when I first started and people were talking about pulling lists. And I remember for months, I was picturing somebody like going to a courthouse and like ripping, like I actually didn't know what pulling a list was, but I was afraid to ask. So when people are listening and they're just the people that know they invest, they buy cash flow properties, they go to a realtor, they don't know anything about what data is and why it's important to us. So let's start with like the foundations there. What is data and why is it important? Well, yeah, great question. And there's a lot to, to unveil there. Like uh, like you said, when we just started, I, I, I looked at a bunch of YouTube videos and talked to a few different coaches and pulled this from this source, from this source, but everybody was pulling the data from the same sources, right? And data is a list of homeowners that you think have a higher chance of selling to an investor like us, right? That's literally pulling a list. You either go after tax delinquent, absentee owners, like those are the typical lists that everybody talk about. And there's plenty of resources to go after them and they work fine. But when we started, we did exactly what you thought you, you needed to do. I went directly to the, to the county records and say, hey, I want all the properties. I want to have a full view of the market. I want to make better decisions, kind of, right? So that's how we started. We got the absolute raw data from the county. And then we started working on figuring out how we can identify the people who are going to sell at a discount. Uh, I, 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 I'd say this very humbly. I don't think we created stacking, but in our eyes, right? Are you familiar with the term stacking list, right? Which is 
taking multiple lists, putting them together, identifying who is in multiple different lists with the premise that if they are in tax delinquent plus co violation, they're more likely to sell to an investor. Internally, we created that. We, we were grabbing, I don't know, five, seven lists. And I said, before we skip trace, let's remove all the duplicates, right? Because I don't want to skip trace twice the same owner. And then my partner said, why shouldn't we consider they're a little different? Because in two lists, we should consider them a little different. And that's how we really start thinking by having a full view of all the properties in the market and really um, identifying that there were opportunities within that data, right? Uh, so why is it important is, I think as an investor, if you really want to add value to your community and you really want to buy properties that you can get a chance to renovate and add value to the city, you need to understand your data better than anybody else, right? Meaning there are main sources that you have to be familiar with, like pre-foreclosures, the tax delinquent. Those people are people asking for help, basically, right? And the more you can get in front of them, the easier it is for you to add value and help somebody. So I think the important part of data is really understanding what moves, what triggers a seller to really want to sell at a discount and approach them the right, the right way so you can get a connection and get actually the opportunity to help them. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense, man. I love that. So scaling that back a little bit, I, I've I've heard you talk different times about the, the tracking there as far as the KPIs. And I think that that's a thing where I struggle with. I know a lot of other investors, you've, you've said it so many times about what, what us as real estate investors, when you're going to have a company, what we're really good at. And we all come in and we try and do everything. And so for somebody who needs to understand now that the data is important, but you have to be tracking it, what would be important things to track as far as KPIs? And then what do you use to track them? Yeah, so... When it comes to data, so I'll answer that in twofold, right? When it comes to data, we now have evolved our model, right? We're, we're now predicting, we have a team of engineers who all they do is look at the deals that have closed in the past and trying to predict who's more likely to sub discount on hundreds of data points, right? So uh, it has evolved. Our KPIs are how accurate we can predict who's going to sell the discount, right? So we track out of 1,000, 10,000, 100,000 properties that we predict, how many of those actually sell and how much better is it compared to an average property in the market, right? So from a data perspective, obviously we have a huge team we dedicate to data, but if you're running a wholesale operation, I would say is your deal to list ratio you wanna be looking at, right? Uh, basically, if you have a 10,000 properties that are tax delinquent, how many leads and contracts are you getting from that specific list or from a combination of multiple lists? Uh, in a real estate operation, talking about more as an investor, I think the main KPIs is are all of your sales KPIs, right? One of the things that I've learned in the last maybe three years has been that to be a successful real estate investor, you need to run a sales organization first. Right. If you really focus your main efforts and you're focusing improving yourselves, everything else can be taken care of later. Right. So you can buy leads. You can buy a, a, a service like us that gives you the list. So you don't really need to think through all the details that need to be happening in the marketing for you to get leads. But if you really focus on converting those leads, it's really what moves the needle for a real estate operation, if that makes sense. And, yeah, makes and on, the, on those, I love to track how many leads per contract do you really need to get per source, not per marketing channel, right? Because they're significantly different. Depending on how good your, your co-calling team is or your vendor, you could be in the hundreds of leads per contract versus a PPC lead. You are at 10, 15 leads per contract. There's a huge gap on the quality of the lead and the amount of effort that you need to invest in the lead, depending on the sources. So connecting data marketing and sales, the KPI that I will look the most from that perspective will be the amount of leads and time that it takes you to get a contract. Because a lot of people just focus on the time, or I mean, not the time, the money, the cost per lead. But what about the time, right? Because I can get a hundred leads at $50, 
and close one out of 100, and I can get one lead that cost me 500 and close one out of 10, the time there is a huge difference. The cost per contract might be the same or similar, but the, 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 the time, the amount of leads that I have to engage and follow up with is completely different. So adding that component of time, it's a very important one, I would say, in a real estate investing company. I think that's huge, man, because again, especially when you're starting out, or you're getting, maybe you're not starting out, but your team is starting out. No, it's kind of what we were just talking about. You want them to have some wins. So that time when they're sitting there, if you got somebody good and they're not getting anything for a long time, just getting something faster so that at least they see a proof of concept. I think that that really helps them just feel better about saying, okay, well, this is a legit company. They actually make money. Let me stick with them a little bit. So I really like that, man. And another thing that I think you brought up that's interesting Doing what you do, this is why I always surround myself with guys like you, people in Family Mastermind. I think we were talking Collective Genius as well. Another shout out to them on this podcast. They get shouted out all the time. But if you don't know any better and you're tracking those KPIs and you don't have somebody else who does what you do or somebody like you who knows what's normal, you don't have a reference point. You might make 500 calls and say, well, I guess it's normal to get one in 500 deals. But when you talk to three, four, five other people or a list provider or somebody like you that has access to all these other investors and they can tell you, no, like it should be every 45 with this, every 15 with this. I think that is a huge thing because otherwise you don't even really know like where the line is. What is normal? What is acceptable? Where are you wasting your time? I think that that's huge. Oh, 100%. And it's funny you, you mentioned that because we we started in our operation, right? We were really big on outbound cold calling and, and texting. Uh, we actually, part of our services when we first started offering 80-20 OEI was data plus the outbound marketing channels. Hence, that's how we got 1.5 billion messages and calls that we sent out. And we had the full feedback loop, right? We were creating and sourcing the data. We were texting and engaging with the leads. We got all the way to not setting a home appointment, but a phone appointment for us, for our partners or our clients to take on those leads and close them. Uh, and what we learned from that process is how important the data is, but also the strategy and keeping those KPIs in check. Like with the process that we developed over the years, we were able to provide on average for our clients one out of 25 leads per contract, right? From a cold text and a cold calling perspective, that's huge. I think the average in the nation is of one out of 75, right? So we, we were able, because we were measuring all the data points, okay, these data is telling me something. Who's reacting to the messages? What messages are we sending? How often do we send? And this is how we came up with, like, and this goes for every ambassador, regardless of where you get your data from, is if you want to maximize your return on investment, right? Like for every marketing dollars, if you want to get at least 5x, from outbound marketing channels, data is only a 30% of that equation. It's an important part, don't get me wrong. If you get that wrong, everything else won't matter. But the strategy and the tactics, and what I mean by that is strategy is how often you engage with them, right? And the tactic is, okay, what type of message should I send to them? And that's what we learned over the last five, six years is combining data with strategy and tactics and assisting our clients not only, hey, here's a list, go figure it out. We help them and say, hey, man, this should be your KPIs on each one of these channels. If you're not hitting those KPIs, if you're not getting five bags on this marketing channel, let's work on the strategy. Let's work on the tactics. And we have the experience to help you so you can get it done, right? The, the goal is not just give you a data that we know is performing because we're tracking is really assist all the way to make sure that you get five x return on on in each marketing channel, and and to do that it requires a lot of work. It's not easy. But what you've done there is you've really created a, a straight path. When people are sitting there saying, "Well, I'm getting these leads in," but obviously, because the first thing people say if they're not getting deals is it's the data. The data is bad. But if you're getting them good data and they're not hitting the same KPIs as everybody else with similar data, obviously it's a closure problem. You don't, you got to change your salesperson. So I think that that helps you also figure out what's not working on more of a logical level than getting emotional. Or Because if you don't have that information, you're just pointing fingers and blaming everybody, but don't really have anything to back it up. So I like that you close the doors on, we already know that this closes this amount. If you're not getting that amount, it's not coming from our side. 
you need to look internally, like what's going on in your sales guys. And now pivoting on that, what are some things that, cause I, I've heard you saying it, it just, I had so many aha moments when I was listening to you talk about it, but the stuff of even these little things, cause we'll spend all this money. We'll go to these masterminds. We'll interview a hundred different people just so we have this much little bit of an edge on our competition. And then people forget the basics that you talk about, like, Hey, how fast are you responding? Like what, what are the colors or the messages? Or I heard the one story when the guy just put the wrong phone number on there and he couldn't understand why nobody was calling him back. So those little things are so important, especially like you said, the basic stuff where the phone rings, you have to be able to pick it up. So what are some of those key things that you think people get wrong as far as mistakes for being able to convert those leads when they come in? I'll, I'll, I'll try to answer that per marketing channel because I think people make different mistakes depending on the channel that they're using, right? So um, I would say on direct mail is they're sending generic messages to everybody. So absentee owner and a senior couple that lives in the property are getting the exact same postcard. If you have the data, why not use it, right? So that's something that we highly encourage our clients is we're actually building a done for you direct mail because a lot of people have challenges to implementing what we recommend into their day-to-day -day because they should be focusing on sales. They shouldn't be focusing on marketing, right? That's our premise. So what we recommend is segment your data in five buckets, absentee owner, owner occupied, death in the family, uh, financial distress, and, and create a campaign based on those little buckets we call seller avatars, right? Because you should talk to them completely different from the image that goes in the postcard to the wording that you use, right? And our data allows our clients to make that much easier. But you could do that with any data vendor. It's just going to require you a little bit more work. We just make it easier for our clients. So I think that's number one with direct mail. With cold calling, I think people underqualify their leads. I think they, they cold call. Like imagine you're getting a call and say, hey, you want to sell your house? Yeah, sure. Tell me more. And they consider that a lead, right? That's why you get to one out of a hundred. So I'm, I'll share this with your audience. Anybody who hits us up, I, I'll send them our script that we developed over the last six years that allowed us to get to one out of 25, right? If they follow the script that we create, we call a map more than a script. And it allows us to really go through key questions. It's a six, seven minute call. It's not much longer to get a quality lead in front of your lead manager acquisition, depending on how your team is structured, right? There's a lot of magic in there. So I'm happy to share with your audience. Just hit us up. And on SMS, I think the answer time of the messages, obviously the script. So the, the script that we developed works for cold calling and SMS, but I would say the answering time from any incoming time, incoming message is absolutely key because if you get a message, like I'm on my phone right now, I'm texting. The moment I put it away, I'm not picking my phone again in an hour, two hours, right? I'm working, we're all busy, right? However, if you respond immediately, you got me now engaged, right? So we had a rule when we were doing texting, our KPIs were one minute, two minutes, and five minutes. Five minutes was maximum to not get a warning to respond to every single incoming message. Optimum was one minute. So our team of texters were only in the inbox waiting for a positive response to respond immediately. And that's, that's awesome. I think it's one of the most important things that you have to do on each one of those marketing channels. And that's when we talk about tactics. Good stuff. So you, you bring up an interesting point here. Texting. What are you seeing and how are you adjusting? Because there's all these, and this happened like a year or two ago too, that there was the, the new carrier restrictions, but now I'm hearing again, like a lot of these other platforms are not. So what is happening right now with these new regulations and texting and how are you getting around them or working with them? I guess is probably a better, better way to say for way to say it. Yeah. So we stopped texting in our real estate operation and in our, as a service on December, 2021st, it was a huge pivot for us. We were doing significant amount of money and two thirds of our revenue as a 80, 20 REI as a vendor was from texting. We saw the changes that were coming. I mean, it always been a challenge to bypass the carriers, but we saw what was coming and we decided to shut it down before it was an issue, right? So 
I have a little, I have been a little disconnected from that world, but I know that all the changes that they were promising they were going to make back in 2021, 2022 are now really coming to place and they're enforcing it and it's getting tougher and tougher and tougher. Like we use a CRM to follow up with our leads, not in the real estate business. I'm talking just 80 trinary. I told nothing related about buying houses. It's just if somebody books a demo with us, we want to make sure that they confirm the demo, like little things like that. We are having a hard time getting those messages out. Wow. Right. So there is a significant change from any message going out. Uh, so I my my thoughts are there's always going to be cold calling, always going to be cold texting, but it's going to get harder and harder and harder because the carriers are putting a lot of restrictions on who is able to text from platforms to consumers. So two schools of thought on that. I'd love to hear where you're at with it. Generally, when you see regulations, it also creates opportunities. Do you think it could also be potentially one of those ones where you're seeing a lot of people going, forget, I don't want to do that anymore. But for the people that want to stake it out and actually figure out how, they're going to be the ones that maybe now are able to get some deals where it was a little bit of a congested road prior. I think I think both things. So like everything else is cyclical, right? Uh, we are, I think we already saw one or two cycles since 2021. Like since 2021, like immediately when that started happening, like all the changes were announced. Everybody kind of, oh my God, I don't want to get in trouble. There were some states that were doing class action lawsuits. Like Florida was a big one. Like our attorney recommended us to stop in doing taxing in July of 2021. And it took us a little bit of time to digest that information and really and really take action on that. And 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 from there until maybe June 2022, everybody was kind of afraid of taxing. So I think there there was a lot of opportunities for people who continued. And now since those opportunities were created, I think more people are coming back, right? So it's going to be that dance, like you said, until another investor goes to a mastermind and say, hey, man, I'm getting great <laughs> success on texting. Everybody else jumps again <laughs> and do it. As an investor, I would say uh, get advice from a TCPA attorney and anybody interested, I can connect with a couple that we worked in the past are really good. Uh, get advice for your specific state. What are your risks? And assess. Because chances of you getting in a big, big trouble are slim, are not that big, at least as of today. If you can tolerate that risk, taxing is still super viable, right? I didn't want to be in that position as a service provider. I didn't want to build a business around something that wasn't scalable, that I didn't know how long it was going to last. So that's why we step back and say, okay, let's really focus on our data, right? Because that was the foundation of everything that we do. And let's give the data to our clients. We have a ton of experience that we can help them navigate through that. We tell our clients, if you want to do taxing, hey, here are all the resources. We'll help you, but I'm not going to do it, right? We don't, we, we shut down our taxing platform. We shut down, we had, at one point, we had 150 people on our team that were taxing and co-calling for others. It was a work from home center uh, kind of situation. And it was tough to really make that decision of step away from that kind of revenue. However, it was the best decision that we ever made because now we're really focused on adding value starting primarily on the data, right? And it can go through different channels. That's why we're redeveloping the direct mail part because direct mail is not going anywhere, right? It's always gonna go through cycles too. When taxing and co-calling struggles, everybody goes to direct mail, it gets a little competitive, then people go back. So it's is a back and forth on there. So I think you need to be paying attention to the trends. And if you're willing to take the risk on taxing and cold calling, which is a small risk, just follow the trends and, and you're going to start seeing it. It's still super viable. I think that that's a phenomenal answer, man. That's going to be definitely a clip for the show and uh, timely words again with everything that's happening there. So uh, a couple of the things I know we're kind of the, the the time just flies by once we start going, but a couple oh, of things. You, that sorry. I, no, no, you're good, man. This is awesome stuff. You you had a, a couple of things that I saw you say. I was looking up some of the quotes, but bring, bring, being more efficient what you already have. So I think that that brings up two directions that I'd love to ask you about. One of them being, I know a lot of the times you say that the people's answer is always just buy more data, buy more data, buy more data. But part of what you specialize in is using what you have. And I love that because it's almost like when, when your kids go, I'm hungry. And it's like, well, you didn't finish the food on your plate. Like, why are you looking for something else? So I think that that's good. But I also think it's interesting because on that same side where you'll see people say, I'm not getting any deals. 
Yes, it could be the data, but I think where you come in that's interesting is a market like, let's even say South Florida, everybody has a competitive market now. It's not like the old days where the competitive markets only like New York, Miami, and Chicago. Everybody has a competitive market now. So what separates, like what's the difference between the people that you're working with that you see are in the same market and one of them's going, there's no deals, I'm striking out, I can't make any money, and the other ones are thriving with literally almost the same exact stuff? Two folks with that. One is the sales. Like I said before, if you really focus your business around sales, the phone rings, you're going to confirm more than anybody else, right? And the twofold is making the phone to ring. And our approach to data is not get more data, is have everything because we provide our clients with all the data in their market. So they have all the data. They can't get more data. It's all there. It's how often do you need to re-engage with them? Because if you grab a high equity list, just to give a simple example, right? And you tag them every two weeks, you're gonna have a huge amount of complaints and, and, and people complaining and, and, and putting your numbers in, in like, is this spam? Like you're gonna get in trouble basically. But if you tag them every three, four months, they're not gonna get upset with you because you, you're giving them time to breathe, right? And you're not overspending your marketing dollars. So it, it all comes to the strategy part of segmenting your database on how likely they are to sell at a discount. And it could be by stacking, it could be with a predictive model like ours that gives you that statistic. So you can then build a strategy. Okay, this list that is super urgent that we know they have high chances, I'm gonna engage with them every month on all marketing channels. On this, the lower end of the spectrum, I'm just going to send them a postcard every four months. I'm going to cold call them every two months. I'm going to text them every three months. Building that strategy to spend your marketing dollars wise and engage with the data at the right time really makes a difference. If you have been kicking yourself that you didn't start investing in real estate sooner, whether you're beginner, intermediate, or advanced, any way you're looking to get it on a residential, commercial, land development, wholesale, and fix and flips, whatever it is, let's find a way to get you involved in some projects, get you some properties, whether you want to sell some properties to me, whether you want to buy some properties from me, whether residential, fix and flip, cash flow, multifamily, whatever it is you're looking for, let's figure out a way to get you involved or find a way for us to partner up on some deals. Go to www.nicknicknick.com, go on the consultation tab and figure out how to schedule an appointment to talk about where you fit in if you are not sure, or you can just reach out to me on any of my social media channels. If you go on www.nicknicknick.com slash links, you will see all the different ways to connect with me and figure out how we can start to work together make it happen. Everybody that invests in real estate always just says they wish they did it sooner. Best time to start is today. I think that that's awesome. I tell everybody it's never a no, it's just a not yet. But if you don't follow up with it, then, then it is a no. But right time, right day, things start to fall in place. And are you using for your stuff? I, I'd imagine with a team that size, how are you utilizing virtual assistance to help you with a lot of this stuff? Or how are you seeing real estate investors you work with utilizing VAs? So we are very proud. We have uh, a team of close to 25. Sick. 95% of them are remote, right? We we don't treat them as VAs. We treat them as remote team members, right? So we hire the best of the best, no matter where they are. Like our team of engineers are like Harvard level uh, colleges, but in South America, right? Uh, it, it's just the world is such a bigger pool of talent that you can find and, and and I don't know, we, we love working virtual assist, virtual assist, remote team, team members. It's just one of those things that one, it adds a lot of culture diversity to our company. It's fun. We get to know a, a lot of stuff. And two, sometimes you change some people's lives, right? When you bring a team member, you give them a good opportunity. They can grow with us. You just made me think about one of our <laughs> texters. She came with us maybe four years ago, she came as a texter. She became a team lead. Then she became a manager of our team of operations, right? And she learned throughout real estate. She started doing real estate in her country. Now she left the company. I'm super proud of her because she our biggest success story because she bought a land. And with one part, I think she subdivided it in 10 parts. One part gave us money to live and build a school and she's now paid off all her, her, her expenses for the next two years, and she could start this business. She opened up a school, right? So having the opportunity to work with people across multiple 
countries and giving them that opportunity to learn and grow. And, and eventually, even if she left the company, she was a great asset for us. Like as a company, she was a great team member, but I'm so happy for her, right? Like, uh, so I don't know, I, I, I love working with people from other countries. So uh, I get very passionate about that. <laughs> That's incredible, man. You know, I, I agree too. It's, I think one of the biggest misconceptions is when, and, there are like anything else, there's good ones and there's bad ones. Cause don't get me. There's some of them that I'm, I am blown away at how enable they are to just follow the basic directions. But then you get one and you're like, Holy crap. Like I give this guy one task and he does it. And then he comes back with 15 other ways that like, it's going to improve my life and my business. Cause he had like an hour of free time. And I'm like, Holy crap. Like, you know, like there's ones that just knock it out of the park, dude. So it's really cool. Like, you know, it's a, uh, it's a great time. It's really just a great time to connect with people and just to see what goes on. And it lets you, I, backing up to the fighting thing, I feel like VAs are a great example of this where I thought learning how to like be an amateur boxer, be a Brazilian just a black belt was going to make me very confident in fighting. And all it did was make me question myself even more because you're getting beat up by girls and people that are 50 pounds lighter than you. And now instead of that, you're like, man, now I don't know what everybody knows. Like everybody knows I get, I get beat up every day and I can't judge anybody. And I feel like that's kind of what happens with VAs is like, yeah, yeah, maybe this person lives on the other side of the world and you're paying them $5 an hour, but they might be smarter than 90% of the other people you met or better at mining data or doing some sort of social media stuff. Like it's really incredible the talent out there that you can tap into now with the power of social media and just networking and the internet, man. It's it's an incredible time to be alive, sir. Yeah, I, 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 the only thing I would add to that is allowing people to work in their working genius, right? Like we're a huge fan of that. And it comes full circle with the 80-20 principle, right? Like there is 20% of the activities that you do in a day that gives you 80% of satisfaction. And if you can do more of those or your working genius that fuels, pulls your cup, you're golden. They're going to be happy because they found a place where they can execute on their genius. And we're going to be happy because we have people that are better than we are at doing things that are specific to their, what they love. So we're big fans of having people that work most of the time in the working genius and to get to fulfill their cup. Dude, that is a whole topic we could just do an hour on because I think that that's another really big thing that I learned about business is, you know, growing up, if somebody's not good at their job, they get fired. But I see high level players. Now what they do is if they know somebody has potential, they're saying like, you're not a bad person. You're just a bad person for that role. Let me find somewhere else in this that we, and you, you move somebody somewhere across to a different department and they're, they're running the place in a week where they couldn't do anything on the other side. So sometimes people don't understand how to even find what their genius area of work is. Do you have some ways to help people if they're sitting there saying, well, what's my genius? What's my best thing? Like, what would be some ways for you to help somebody bring that out of themselves or figure out what it is? Yeah, so we do several assessments when we're hiring and, and even when repositioning somebody within the team into a different department. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the workinggenius.com. Uh, it's workinggenius.com. I don't think there's a duh in the front. That's workinggenius.com. It's by Patrick Lencioni. He created it a couple of years ago. It really gives us that sense of where's your energy spent in areas of business, right? Because there are great assessments like Predictive Index, the Myers-Briggs that tells you about your personality, who you are as a person, but how you fit in the business and what parts of the business. Workinggenius.com does a really good job at understanding that. For me, it was like, I did it when I did it. I said, my God, finally, I found something that <laughs> explains to me why I should focus more on those things. I always felt like I wasn't a good motivator for my team. It's because it's not in my working genius. It's not like he, he separates one of the, the, the areas of business it's called galvanizing. And I, I can do it for a short period of time, but it's not my working genius. If I had to do that all day long, I would be burned out. I would quit. I would want to sell the company. But now allowing me not to feel guilty because I'm not a great galvanizer and I don't want to do it every day or most parts of the day, I can really focus on my geniuses, which is innovating and, and making decisions with little information. So understanding it as a business leader as well allows you to surround yourself with people that can complement the areas that you don't get energy in, 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 in the day-to-day. Dude, that's a great, I never heard of that before. I'm going to go on that right after this, dude. That's, that's oh, a gold, it, gold information it's, it's right there. Let me know how it, how it does. I, I want to see. That's really cool, man. So I get one or two more for you before we talk a little bit more about 820 REI, but the starting out, let's say somebody has, like we were talking earlier, they're a fighter, they're an athlete, they're a comedian. They have some money. They're looking to jump in and do this kind of a little bit. 
what's what's around like what a starting budget should be in your opinion to be able to start really buying data and getting this whole process going like what would be a good like beginner level entry level budget well i i think depends on where you are in your journey if you want to be a full-time real estate investor by all means find a mentor a group that supports you and help you through that journey because looking out like real estate investing is simple but it's not easy right so depending where you are, if you really want to become a real estate active investor, find a coach, find a mentor, and work from there. You don't need a service like us from the beginning. You can work with a tax delinquent list, an absentee list, very low budget, get it going. Once you get to the point you're doing two, three deals a month, we're happy to help you take it further. If you are a professional and you have money, you want to just get involved in real estate, I would say talk to guys like you or a professional investor in their market that can private lend money to them and invest in real estate by valuing the operator and acknowledging the value that they bring to the table, right? Because it is easy, it's simple, but it's not easy. It's very hard. So I would say, depending on where you are, if you don't want to be involved in the day-to-day -day marketing, sales, running a whole team to acquire properties, Use a professional investor in your market, connect with them, build a good relationship, find somebody that you can trust and lend the money and be a passive investor. You can still benefit from all the benefits of real estate without being involved in the day-to-day, -day, in the weeds of getting the deal done. It's a lot of moving pieces you got the deal done. So the, the three to five though, that somebody's looking to come in and they want to actually do all the tactical stuff, but this is where it segues from, okay, well, I listen to the podcast. I'm going to start doing some real estate and they go, okay, well, I'm going to pull some direct mail and I'm going to send some absentee owners and they're going to do all Now they got to figure out like data points and KPIs and lists and colors and messages and all those different things. And they realize it's what I keep referring to as the onion. Anytime you get excited with something, you peel something back because you saw something on YouTube, but you don't realize all the things that go into actually making that work. And then you realize well, I can't be the best person at taxes and be the best person at sales and be the best person. Like, you got to pick something. And that's where I feel like what you talked about, the 80-20 principle and finding your genius, it all kind of wraps into one thing of like, find what your genius is and then delegate and outsource and collaborate with other people that that's their genius. And for you guys, obviously you found what that is, but talk a little bit about the 80-20 REI, how that came about, because I love the principle behind it and how you help investors like myself to come and get more deals with less money out of pocket and less time wasted. It's, it's, I'm a huge fan of the 80-20 principle. I think I got reintroduced to it by Tim Ferriss and the four-hour work week. And since then, I have it in front of me every day. And it's something that we, we always striving for, right? So there's le levels to it. You have the 80-20 and then you have the 80-20, the which is 20% of your efforts generate 80% of the results. So we apply that to our data, to our marketing, and to the tips that we give our clients to execute on the outbound marketing. Uh, what we help is really, really, really being your partner in your marketing, right? So we help you with the data, with all the strategies and tactics to make sure with the minimum amount of effort, you can get the minimum of 5x return on your money if you uh, in there. Uh, and we're very successful at doing that. We have a we're super proud. We have a 98% renewal rate. We just increased it by 1% the last quarter. Uh, so most of our clients come with us. They stay with us for a long, long time. And and and, and that's kind of a where we like to live in our genius, which is always fine-tuning. Like our model is never perfect. Our, our, our strategies and direct mail recommendations are never perfect. We're constantly monitoring and improving because all we do is look at data, capture leads and contracts from our clients, see what's happening in the market to make adjustments and, and improve upon that, right? The same way, if you're an investor, uh, like I said before, I think your main focus is not all your focus, but your main focus is looking at closely at the KPIs on your sales department from lead intake to contract sign. Those are the things that are really going to move the needle in your business. I love that, man. So when you talk about those those different pieces, how does it work? So let's say you and I want to start get started. We have a conversation about maybe what first, what markets we're in, 
what types of marketing we're already doing. Do you give suggestions on like, hey, we're kind of seeing, obviously you have all that data. So uh, part, is that part of that initial conversation, figuring out what some of the best zip codes are, how to find those best zip codes and what maybe some of the best marketing strategies in those specific areas is like, what, like talk me through how this grows out. Yes. So <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that. It's a part of, of our process exactly that way. So we, our data is super powerful. So we limit the amount of people that we work on each individual market. So depending on the size of the market, we'll work with two up to five, I think, customers per market. And, and that allows us to keep exclusivity, right? Where if we sold the data to everybody, everybody's going after the same people, then you lose a little bit of that touch. Uh, and in our onboarding process, this is exactly what you did. We help you find your 80-20 within your market, right? So a lot of people do more than one county. Uh, and when they started with us, we help them identify what are the counties that they're really getting 80% of the revenue. And then we go one level deeper. Okay, within those counties, what are the zip codes you're finding 80% of your revenue, right? And then we go in each one of, I think we have nine criteria properties. We call that process building a buy box where we look in your historical data, we look at your 80-20, and then we look at the market and say, hey, here's the market. This is what you're doing. This is what the market is doing. Let's figure out how we can look at the market and see opportunities for you to grow, right? Because there might be some zip codes that you never done deals because you never targeted because you thought were bad zip codes, but we're seeing a trend in the market. So that's an opportunity for you to grow. We call that a, a reverse buy box process where we really work around the data that you've done plus the market and build a solid buy box so you don't waste any marketing dollars on property that you don't want to buy, right? And it's a thorough process that we do together. We give you a ton of information, but at the end of the day, you're the one who knows your market better than anybody. We just help you with highlighting some opportunities for you to expand further. Uh, and as far as expanding to other markets, yes, we do help. Um, I'm a huge believer that if you go, if you do the model in person, your backyard is the best market that you can be in and the surrounding ones, right? The ones that you really know and have access because opening virtual markets is not that easy. That's a whole other conversation. But yes, we do have some assistance on expanding not only within your market, but also to any additional markets that you want. That's awesome, man. And I might be jumping the gun here a little bit, but did I hear you on a, another recent podcast Talking about that you guys are starting a leg for dispositions as well? Uh, for dispositions? Yes, absolutely. So we, since we're tracking every single data point in the market, we have a list of all the potential cash buyers, right? So that's something else that we deliver on a monthly basis. What are the top buyers in your market? And you can then take it. So if you have a property on a specific zip code, you can filter that zip code and see who are the top buyers on that zip code and approach them very intentionally because you know they're buying properties there and they are the top buyers, right? So we are looking at any way possible that we can add value to our clients in, in the marketing perspective and the disposition and reporting too. We're huge in, in reporting. So we work a lot with our clients with every six months or so, we ask them to send us our deals. The people who send them not interested, the leads that you got, and we analyze that. We build a report for our clients and we adjust our data and our frequencies based on what's happening to give you even better results in the future. That's awesome, man. See, I do my homework. I, I know who I was talking to. I knew man, you did, you did better than homework. You, you did <laughs> awesome, man. Thank you. The, and the last thing that's uh, something that I wanted to pick your brain on a little bit, it, I know you guys are working on the, the CRM as well. And it's uh, and I, timely for me, but I, I, Full disclosure, use Podio, but when people ask me about it, I'm, I'm almost hesitant because the reality is if I could go back and do it again, I probably wouldn't, but I feel like I put so much time into learning it that it's like being in a relationship so long that you don't want to break up because you've been dating for so long. That's what I feel like my relationship with Podio is, but now I'm coming across guys like you and, and it's looking like they're not all that crazy and there's ones that are more efficient and that are made more user-friendly rather than things that look like programmers put the whole thing together. So talk a little bit about, about the, the benefits of a CRM and what you're seeing stuff that helps you and kind of what you guys offer with that as well, because I'm, I'm in the market for a CRM. Well, so definitely talk to my partner, Chris. He's the one running there, uh, the 8020 CRM. We're investors there. Obviously, we see an opportunity. More, more and more people are migrating off these solutions. They're not really CRMs. Podio is not really a CRM, right? It's a modified 
tool that worked as a CRM, right? So uh, we saw that opportunity, that transition of people going. So we invested in a CRM solution based on Salesforce. It's built with all the native tools from Salesforce. So it's, it's like an upgrade of Salesforce. It's like the Ferrari of Salesforce at an affordable price, right? Uh, I always tell this to our clients, even the ones that are considering moving or not, moving CRM is the toughest decision that you will make, right? It will be a transition. There's no way there's going to be one week, you in and you out. It's going to be a transition. But if you're ready to do that, it can significantly transform your business, right? Because it's giving you the right tools to scale. So depending on where you are in your journey, I would make different recommendations. Our solution at 8020 CRM is built for the professional investors, the people who have a five, seven, 10 plus team, right? That really wants to have every information in one place from marketing, disposition, it has a, a web portal, like there's a ton of features. Kristen talked more about it. I would highly encourage you, if you like a little frustrated with Podio, or you feel a little bit limited, even though you're super familiar with it, I would love you to connect. I'll connect you with Chris so you can talk and see if it's a great fit for you. But keep that in mind, right? No matter what happens, changing CRM is going to be difficult. And once you do it, it's one of those things like working out, right? It's not easy. Not always you want to do it. But once you do it, you always feel good afterwards. That's how I feel about the deterrence CRM. If you move, when you make that decision to move, you're going to feel much better. <laughs> But it's just a tough decision, man. It's 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 we're we're really building it up in a way that has capacity because Salesforce is a huge engine, right? So we can bring all our data in there and and take it from marketing all the way to closing in one tool and do it very efficiently, very user friendly as well. So definitely check it out. I'll, I'll connect you with Chris. That's awesome, man. I would very much appreciate that. I'm definitely in for that. So. How do people find you? How do people connect with you if they're interested in learning about the CRM, learning about 8020 REI, how they can work with you guys for pulling data and using everything for your strategies and for your, your tactics? Talk all the ways that they can connect with you and your company. Yeah. And the best way to connect with us is through the websites that we have, 8020REI.com or 8020CRM.com. Book a call with us. Uh, me and my team will take over that and we'd love to connect and, and see if we're a right fit for you. We don't work with everybody. Right, we're we're very selective with the clients that we work with. We want to make sure that we're able to help them uh, be successful. We take pride on our renewal rate, and and we want to keep that way, right? So we'd love to explore further and see how we can work together and get you to your goals, which is probably getting better results without spending more money. That's yeah. kind of a, our our mantra and what we try to help our clients do. Excellent stuff, man. It's uh, social media. Are you active on socials? Yeah, I am. Uh, we'll put it in the show notes. I think it's Jesus Soledo, my, my, my name, number 23 on Facebook and Instagram. I'm not super active on social, uh, but I'm there, obviously. I check it out once a week. <laughs> cool. Well, I will definitely put all those links in the show notes. And you, sir, are somebody who brings your A-game to absolutely everything you do. And this interview has been no different. You definitely brought your A-game to this interview, and I appreciate it, sir. Before I let you go about your day, do you have any final thoughts for us? No, man, just want to thank you. Amazing content. You're an amazing host for your podcast. I hope you keep adding value to the community, man. You did awesome, man. I'm just the 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 guy who recorded. You were the star of the show, man. You made it a great no, interview. You, you I know, look forward man. to hanging out soon, man. So we'll get together in September. I definitely soon. want to talk with you on um, our markets and stuff. And we got to, uh, we definitely got to go check out a UFC fight soon. So shout out to Raging Ally Quinta. We were talking about you before. I'm going to link you guys up as well. But you did awesome, sir. I really appreciate having you on. I'm looking forward to meeting you in person very soon. Jesus Toledo, ladies and gentlemen, have a fantastic day. So what's it be?